Hey everyone, and welcome to Be A Warrior Podcast. I'm your host, Angie Huser. It's that time once again to unleash the warrior within you. Are you ready? Then let's get started. Hey, it is so good to be back again this week and welcome. If you are new, I'm glad you joined us. My name is Angie. I'm an above knee amputee and I use my personal journey to kind of assist you, answer questions, and kind of give you a little insight on uh, what you need to do to make it uh, once you have gone through something like this. And for most of you, it might just be that you're going through anything medical or any circumstance in your life that's making you struggle. And I'm hoping that maybe some of the things that come from this podcast maybe can help you along your journey. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here and let's just get started. This has been crazy. I wasn't even sure I was going to get this podcast done this week. We have, we're in Phoenix or just north of Phoenix. And this is the time of year that it's absolutely nuts here. And to top it off, we have the Super Bowl as well. So between the Barrett Jackson Auto Show and the Waste Management Phoenix Open and now the Super Bowl and the art shows and, and everything else that's happening, it's just there is so much going on. And this past weekend, our family just took off and went up to Vegas for a couple days just to see the Pro Bowl. Um, a little upset because there's not a bear in the Pro Bowl this year, which is frustrating. And yes, we are Bears fans. I will say that loud and proud because we are Chicagoans born and raised there. So that's where I'm at. And I'm sorry, I will stick with my home team. And yes, I do love the Cardinals as well. And we did not have a good season either way. So <laughs> you know I'm tried and true if I can stick with the teams that aren't even doing well. I am not a bandwagon uh, fan. So I will kick stick with mine so that when they do win, and they will, I will be all the more pleased. All right, so here's what I was thinking. You know, I get a lot of really unusual questions, and sometimes I do address them throughout different episodes. Uh, sometimes I'm just addressing positive attitude. A lot of times I'm addressing what the attitude is, your attitude dictating your outcome and your circumstances and vice versa and, and, and how you perceive your circumstances. And we all have them, right? So, you know, why not share a little bit about me specifically and not necessarily the journey on how I got to where I'm at although it's very interesting because you know people will see me and of course the very first thing they think of is that I'm um, a veteran and I am not um, ironically I hurt myself in taekwondo <laughs> and um, that's not I mean that kind of started the process but I could have hurt myself doing anything it was just taekwondo I popped something in my knee and it never healed and I was someone who hyper scarred so um, but I just thought you know I've been talking to some people lately that are on the verge of amputation and those that are just curious and there are several amputees in the world that will be more than happy to share their story and more than happy to educate so to speak because people that are curious are just wanting to educate themselves so that they're not ignorant and yet there are some even people that i've met that are lovely people that internally they're not dealing well with it and they're not very approachable when it comes to the subject of their injury 
and um, or their circumstance. And so, you know, you just kind of have to read people to know whether or not you you approach the subject with them. With me, I'm pretty much an open book. If you have questions, I'd love to answer them because I'd rather have you educated and not think less of someone as an amputee. With all the activities, sports, and and other that can be done out there for, um, you know, adaptive, adaptively, um, we do just as much, if not more, than some people that have both arms, both legs. And it's not really in my book. I'm, I don't feel disabled whatsoever. I just have a different look to my body. And I have to adapt my mental game so that my physical game is on top. So if you can understand that, you know, then, then you're in the right place. But if you're struggling or you are just curious about what it's like to live um, as an amputee, I thought today would be a great time to kind of get a glimpse into my day. And I guess you could call it a day in the life of, but, and I know I've done similar episodes in the past. This is year three for those of you that are new. And so if you've missed or you're interested in some other things, I've talked to other amputees. Other episodes are on the people that are support systems for the amputee in their life um, because everybody needs to feel like they are um, taken care of as well, right? Sometimes when you are the caretaker, it can take a real toll on you physically, mentally, and emotionally. And if you're not taking care of yourself, then you're not going to be really any good as a caretaker and you're going to be more frustrated and um, and come to like um, frustration and anger a little bit quicker than if you just could take a step back and breathe. So anyways, a day in the life for me, and, and I get some really uh, unique questions and it's kind of funny because these are the kind of the same questions I had before I became an amputee because I knew no one who was an amputee and I really didn't know. And now that I'm there and I've been here for four years. They seem silly to me, but I have to remember I had the exact same questions and I was going through it. So let's just start through the day. No, I do not sleep with my prosthetic on. That would suck. Um, I even have a hard time sitting on the couch or laying. Like if I want to take a Saturday afternoon nap, which I don't do very often, but if I wanted to lay down because I was sick of sitting, um, or late in the evening before going to bed, I do not feel comfortable laying with my socket. I can't lay with it. I'm a left left above knee. So my socket goes all the way up. If you're looking at my video, it's all the way up into my groin and it goes all the way down. So it's hard all the way up top, all the way up into my groin, all the way down. So laying on my right side, means that the left side is laying on my tissue, my skin on my other leg. That's not comfortable. And if I lay on my left side, that's better. But then I have to shift because I can't put my knee into my metal knee because that's uncomfortable. So, and then you have different pressure points and it just isn't comfortable. So the first question I had was, do you sleep with it? And I know people have asked me that. No, I do not sleep with it on. So when I get up or I'm in the middle of the night sleeping, um, right now, my ability level is I can use crutches and I do get up in the middle of the night, a couple times a night to use the bathroom and I have to be on crutches. I don't turn lights on. Um, I do have carpet onto tile going into the bathroom. So I have to be really careful. Have there been times where I have fallen? Not yet. Knock on wood. But I have tripped 
but have caught myself half asleep walking with my eyes closed to the bathroom. Um, I have clipped the carpet a couple times. And this last weekend, we were up in Vegas watching the Pro Bowl, like I said, and um, the bathroom that we had in this hotel, you know, every time you go someplace new and you wake up in the middle of the night, you're like, okay, where was the tile? Where was the edge? Was there a lip? You're just thinking of all these things as you're trying to go through a dark, unfamiliar area. I should take it slower, but usually when I get up, I really have to go to the bathroom. So I'm racing. And I tripped twice going to the bathroom, caught myself both times. And then for some odd reason, whoever cleaned the room thought that the, the, the small little tiny area between the bathtub and the wall on the way from the sink to the toilet, they should put a small garbage can. And I smacked that garbage can so hard. It was so loud in the middle of the night. It was incredible. Didn't fall. But I did move that garbage can the next day. And you know what they did? They moved it back. I was like, come on, people work with me. So I do get up in the middle of the night. I do use crutches. Then what ends up happening is I am, I try to streamline. When I first get up in the morning, I'm getting my socket on right away. One, because my leg is now not swollen because I've been laying horizontal and the blood has, isn't pooling and the fluids aren't pooling in the bottom of my leg, my residual limb, they have been dispersed and kind of cycled through my body. If I were to be on my crutches, and I have done this, where I've gone into the kitchen to help get like a lunch ready when my kids were in high school, and getting them ready and off to school, and then gone back to put my leg on, it is tight already. Even with the half an hour of being up on crutches, the blood flow and the fluids pumping to my base of my residual limb makes it almost impossible to put my leg on. Definitely impossible to put my leg on correctly or the right way for the day and then I may have to readjust. So I just don't even want to do that. I don't want to deal with it. And if you see me in my video, I'm wearing jeans because now every morning I go to the horses and I can't put on and off my leg easily when I'm wearing full jeans that cover my entire prosthetic. So I literally have to put on my prosthetic before I even put my clothes on. That way my skin is plain view and I can balance and everything. Most of the time, being in Arizona, thank goodness, I'm wearing shorts or a skirt or something that's shorter, and I can put those on in the, in the closet and then come out and put my leg on. And that's normally what I do. The only time I don't is when I'm putting jeans on. So I get myself dressed. I come and I sit down on the ledge in my bathroom and I unplug my leg because it has to be plugged in every day because it, um, it is electronic. If I don't, it does kind of hold a charge for two full days. I just don't ever want to be there. It's like testing how far your phone will go the second day. I don't want to, I don't want to know. I don't want to find out the hard way because what happens is my knee locks up and then I can't bend it manually. It's kind of like I tell people, it's like losing power steering on your car. If you lost power steering, you'd realize how very hard it is to turn left or right in your car. That's how it is with my leg. If I took my leg off and it was dead, I could bend it forcefully with my arms. But when it comes to walking, that step would not ignite the bend and I would not be able to bend it. Therefore, I'd either trip or I'd peg leg. So we don't test that out because it's always when you least expect it that that's when it's going to happen. Kind of like when you lose your phone's power in the middle of needing it the most. So we don't do that. 
after I get my leg on, I walk around a little bit to get it settled in right, making sure it's right. I very rarely have to redo, but there are a couple times, I don't know why, I maybe I'm not focused on my leg and it doesn't go on right. And if it's not lined up correctly and my toe is turned out or turned in just a little so I can see peripherally, it drives me absolutely nuts. So I may not feel any different, but I can't stand it. So I will redo it just for the, the aesthetics that I see. And then I go ahead and go about my day. So as soon as I get up, depending on the day, if it's six or seven, my leg is on. And if I get it on right before I even leave the kitchen, it's on for the rest of the day. And if I feel like I've tried and it's I'm walking around the kitchen, I may go back to the bedroom and, and take it off again. Now for the rest of the day, I'm in it. Um, there's nothing anymore that bothers me with it. I walk around in it, I do everything in it in and out of the car, go to the gym, run my errands, um, do stuff around my house, um, just hanging out, just living life as, as if I have two legs. What does make a difference is when I go to the horses, I do put on my boots so I can work in the dirt and everything. And my boots do have a little bit of a heel and I can adjust my ankle to be able to tolerate a heel more or less depending on where I need my angle of my foot but when I come back and I take my boots off, um, I do have to either shift my ankle or get other shoes on. And every time I put new shoes on or different shoes on, um, I have to readjust my gait. It's really weird. You would not even think it, but our shoes are very, very important to us because it makes us feel comfortable. It makes us feel stable or it can have the reverse effect. We can feel very unstable. It took me for a very long time. I wish I had my shoes that I'm, I'm barefoot right now, but I wish I had the shoes on that I um, first or that I wear now because they bend completely. But when I first got my prosthetics, someone asked me, what is a good shoe to use with a prosthetic foot? And I always told people hard, wide soles that had no bend because you you already have enough going on, especially if you're an above knee because you have two joints to deal with. You don't want to worry about how your foot feels if it's if it's getting tweaked up more or, or less. You just want stability. You want to feel like you are walking on something very solid and very secure. So I did a lot of Adidas shoes, like the, the, the traditional Adidas. Um, also, Vans are great shoes if you're learning to first walk in a prosthetic above or below knee, but I think I can speak only really to above knee, um, but I would guess that the below knee people also need that stability as well when they're first starting off. Now I just wear everything. I can now wear heels, high heels. I don't choose to. That's really not who I am. For those of you that see me, normally I'm in jeans or workout clothes. You know, I'm dressing up is fun once in a blue moon, I have one pair of heels. I would have to say that when I was going through from 2013 to 2018, when I was going through all of my issues with my knee, I realized that heels were not a part of my life. And then when I decided to amputate and that first year, I thought I will never wear heels again. I got rid of all my heels and I wasn't a heel wearer anyways, but I got rid of any ones that I had, even boots that had big heels, just got rid of them all. 
And now I have my first pair of heels back again because I got a brand new ankle and it can move and, and shift so I'm not stuck at a 90 degree bend on my ankle. So that's nice. And it weirdly enough doesn't feel different and it, it wasn't hard. I, I never could figure out the physics of it. And I know the first time I tried on these heels and they're probably a good two, three inch heel. Um, I was holding on to my husband's arm because I was so afraid that I might fall. And because the way my ankle could shift and I could point downward more versus being so straight up um, in 90 degrees, um, walking in heels felt like I was walking in gym shoes. It was really weird, I have to tell you. It was the, the most exciting thing, but it was a very strange experience. So I do have some heels now. Anyways, and I digress, we'll go on. Um, so if you're trying to find shoes that, that work for you, I would always say go with something that's a little bit more solid base. One, I literally would go through stores and try to bend the shoe. If I could bend the shoe at the sole, then it was not the right shoe for me. And that was probably for the first year because you're, you're changing, your limb is changing, you're atrophying, you might be losing weight because you're moving more. Um, you're, you're trying to deal with fits and, and like zingers with fits and, and phantom pains. And you just do, there's a lot of other things going on. Shoes should not be a concern. So the first year when you're growing into your socket and the socket's changing every few months and you're literally making physical changes on your leg, shoes should be the least of your concern. Go with solid, go with something that's stable. Um, now, we get through the end of the day and I literally do have a complete routine. I shift it up occasionally, but very rarely. One, I hate having to take my leg off middle of the day. I've been in it all day, I'm comfortable. I don't wanna change things, but I do change clothes. I have to tell you that that took me forever to get used to doing that. I didn't, I did not wanna change clothes. It's a lot of work. Getting my cowboy boots off, I do have a boot jack, which is a godsend because I could not reach my foot far enough out to pull away from me because I can't bend my knee and pull at the same time. So the boot jack was a lifesaver. Otherwise my, my husband or my kids would have to pull my boot off and they knew that it was somewhere around horse poop. So they were really excited when the boot jack worked. Um, then I have to put on other shoes. I never thought at my age I would be such close friends with shoehorns um, but that is a lifesaver. The shoes I wear now have very soft backs and I do have some Olakai's that have collapsible backs, but I don't want to do that because I can't, I don't have toes to grip and keep a shoe on. So I have to make sure they get up on the heel and I cannot get my finger in there and not hurt it because the, the heel is solid on my prosthetic foot. So I get my shoehorn in there whoop, and it's right on. It's great. Taking off my gym shoes is another story because again, I have to push from really far away and put my leg up and it's it, the dynamics of that's pretty interesting and hard. So I'm not a big fan of changing clothes to change my pants. I'd have to take my shoes off and then usually I'm going into workout clothes, which means my shoes have to change anyways. So there's the little nuances, things like that, that took me a long time to just finally say, just do it. But it's just a lot of extra energy being used. So for the longest time, I wouldn't even wear jeans or anything. It was always just, um, I would wear, in cold weather, I'd wear leggings where I'd cut my legging, my left legging side off, up halfway up my socket. So I didn't have to worry about if I had to take off my socket, I can just pull the leg 
legging up on my hip and pull my socket off and on and I wouldn't have to change clothes or take down my clothes like I would with jeans. So I know that's a lot of information, but if you're new at this or you are becoming an amputee, this I'm hoping this helps you. Um, anyways, by the end of the night, um, I'm usually still going, running strong, getting dinner, cleaning up from dinner, doing whatever I need to do and, and dealing with the dogs, maybe going for an evening walk with uh, my husband and the dogs. And then when nighttime comes, that's when the routine starts. And so for me, my routine really kind of focuses around, um, that's my shower time. And for me, I don't know what I'm going to do when I get older, but right now while I'm strong and really stable, um, I do what I think is, is simple. It's easy for me, but I, I think, gosh, if I was older, this might be next to impossible. So I take my leg off. And then I plug it in right away because there are times I've forgotten to and I've taken it off and I, oh, I'll get back to it and I forget and the next day it hasn't been plugged in. But I take it off and then right there by my stool where I sit on my bench, I have a little spray bottle that's filled with um, rubbing alcohol and water and that's how I clean the inside. I don't even wipe it down. I just spray down the inside so there's not bacteria or any buildup of just, you know, dry skin, dead skin, oils whatever so I clean that all out and then plug it in and then I have my crutches that are right there and then I walk in I get myself ready for my shower and our shower is a step up little little area that you can sit my husband put a chair for me there but I don't use it except for my towel and then a step down so I step down and then I get rid of my crutches but then it's probably a good four feet five feet to another bench and my shower heads so I usually hop over there which I would not suggest I have a very porous tile so when it's wet at the very beginning I trust it I usually stand to take my shower hair is another story I usually shampoo with my elbow against the wall so I can close my eyes and not lose balance because if you've ever tried to stand on one leg and close your eyes it's really hard to keep your balance <laughs> I do that all the time so I know when I'm done, I actually shimmy out of the bathroom on my foot. I literally heel toe, heel toe, heel toe, because I know that there's now soaps, shampoos, and things that might be slick. And so I do that till I get to my towel, and then I dry off crutches, dry off the rest of the way, and then I go get dressed. And then I'm on crutches for the rest of the night. And so um, it's it becomes really interesting because with the crutches, um, I can't travel anywhere without crutches. I mean, I suppose I could, but we've been told a million times you should not be hopping on your leg. Um, that's just over time, that's going to end up affecting your other hip and your other knee. And we really don't need a blowout of my good knee. I only have one. I need to preserve it. Even though I do jump rope, it's pretty similar. But if I try to hop through my closet, my husband will tell me no hopping, no hopping. We don't hop. And so um, he tries to keep it light, but I know he uh, doesn't want anything to happen to me. So, you know, I could go on a vacation, a short vacation without crutches. The problem is, is you don't know how far the bathroom will be. And I would have a hard time getting in and out of showers if I didn't have at least that aid. So I always bring them. Luckily, they do have collapsible crutches. 
and I probably have like two pairs of collapsible crutches and another pair that we just totally pull apart. So there's six parts, you know, the, the armpit part to the mid part to the base, that one stick. Pull those apart and I'll tell you what, we were in Vegas this last weekend. We didn't do any check bags. I had one carry-on that was my luggage and my crutches took up half of it. So that was tough. I, I've learned to kind of downsize my cosmetic bag downsize my clothing clothing options so god forbid i change my mind while we're on a trip and then really focus on what pair of shoes i want for the entire trip and so it works but it is tight packing for carry-on but i would totally suggest um, having a shoehorn with you and um, if you can get some collapsible crutches i think my husband ordered them on amazon um, what don't they have right so anyways, that's kind of like how my day goes every day. I mean, it, without fail, that's pretty much from the beginning to the end. I'm, you can almost bank on that, that every morning I'm getting up, getting dressed, getting my leg on, getting ready, heading out, doing my thing, coming home, taking my leg off, cleaning it out, taking my shower, and, and then I'm done. I have taken off my leg early um, in the early evening, if we're going to sit and watch a movie or something and dinner's done, everything's cleaned up. But if you don't clean up and you try to go back to crutches, for those of you that are on crutches, you understand this. Once you're in crutches, you have no hands to do anything and life becomes so much harder. So my best advice would be if you are becoming an amputee or you are one and you're really struggling, you got to take the small victories, the small wins, whether it's mental or physical because it will become easier, but it is not an easy path. You have to really earn it. Um, when I first started, I would love to tell you that I didn't start off wearing it all day, but I did because I am so stubborn and I'm so competitive, even with myself. And my prosthetist assistant told me, and he's an amputee, um, Sometimes you just got to know the difference between the pain that you can deal with and you just suck it up and push and the pain that's not going to be good for you in the end. Like I don't have a high infection rate. I did not have any disease or anything that took my leg. I was not worried about wound care. Some of you are and you have to pay attention to your body and I get that and that can be so frustrating, I'm sure. I can't even begin to imagine if the the rashes that I've gotten from, you know, a bad fit one day or whatever, if that had blistered and gotten infected, because once you have an infection, you can't put your leg on and sweat in it and have all that gunk and you have to wait till you heal. And I, and I feel so sad when I hear people that are struggling with that, because there's not a lot you can do except keep pushing forward and stay as positive as you can. You know, I would suggest that you learn to, to get up and off the floor while you're laid up, right? If I, I And I had that about a year after my amputation, I had a neuroma that was symptomatic. Some are, mo everybody gets neuromas is what I was told. Some are small, some are large, some are symptomatic, some are asymptomatic. Most are asymptomatic. They're there. It's basically scarring on your nerve endings problem is, is I had a huge like golf ball size one in the back of my thigh, like in my hamstring. And it was symptomatic, meaning it was so painful that I would be walking and all of a sudden there'd be a point like at three quarter of a mile, I couldn't walk anymore. I mean, I'd push, 
but I'd be in so much pain. It was, it, that in itself was disabling is that, that pain. So I get it. So I went in for TMR surgery and I was out of my socket for four weeks and I thought I was going to go absolutely crazy. So if you want to see something fun during those four weeks, I thought, let's make a game of this. I did jump rope. I did push-ups. I did sit-ups. I was trying to make sure I stayed physically fit, kept my core strong, worked on my balance. I got in my BOSU ball upside down so that the round part is in the bottom and the flats on top. And I'd get on that near something I could hold on to. And I'd let go and work on balance for length of time. Um, All those things are good things that you can do when you can't wear your socket. But then what I decided to do was make a video of pictures of me missing my leg and then another one when we got reunited and I was cleared to put my prosthetic back on. Those you can find on my YouTube channel. And um, I had so much fun doing that. Actually, my boys helped me photograph a lot of those pictures. So I hope you enjoy them. Give them a look. I would say for this week, for a call to action is, you know, find the bright side in whatever you're going through. Um, You know, we all have something that's happening whether we can see it or we can't. I mean, you can all see mine on a daily basis, but some of you have something that's very invisible that you are really struggling and it's beating you down and it's weighing on you. It's time to shift the mental thinking and and to get yourself through that because it will just be a temporary time frame for you. It's not going to be permanent. Nothing is ever permanent in life. We have our good and our bad. I mean, obviously my amputation is permanent, (laughs) Don't get me wrong. If you get an amputation, it's not growing back, you're done. But the good times and the good fits are going to be there. And those are also going to be times where there's bad fitting or things that are really painful or sore with your prosthetic. But if we dwell on all the negatives, then we're going to really struggle all the time because we're just always going to be grumpy. We're always going to have that mindset that everything sucks and it's not going to get better. And then you'll realize that it it does get better and you'll almost to the point if you're negative, you will start thinking, well, this still sucks. It might be better, but it sucks. This hurts. I don't want to do this. I always think, okay, like right now I'm talking to you, my foot is on fire. Like that, my non-foot, I call it, the one that's missing is totally on fire right now. But I can, I can tolerate that. As soon as I shift and move out of my seat, I will release that pressure point and it'll change a little bit. I'll still feel phantom pains or sensations, but it won't be as bad. And I have had worse to the point where I couldn't sit, couldn't stand, couldn't sleep for two, three days at a time because the pain was so intense. So I will take this. This is nothing. And if this is what I have to deal with the rest of my life, this this too shall pass and I shall move on. So think positively, move past the negative. That mindset's really either going to limit you or it's going to help you succeed. And, and I know it sounds corny and cliche, but see the bright side of things. Find the silver lining. Everything in life has a silver lining if you just dig. So that is for uh, me for this week. I just wanted to kind of give you a glimpse into my day-to-day. If you have questions or you're curious about one aspect of it or another, you're struggling with your amputation or you know that it's coming. I've talked to several people. It almost feels like it's happening more and more. But there are a lot of people that are getting ready for an amputation. 
And you know, I'm at the gym. I would love to help you. If there's something you want to work on, I can teach you something. If you want to talk about problems you're dealing with, please direct message me on Instagram at be a warrior 360 or on Facebook, be a warrior 360. Um, I'd love to talk. Um, I, I try to even call people back when I have a moment and, um, yeah, I just hope you have a great rest of your week. Um, I hope that if you're lucky enough to be out here in Phoenix right now this time of year and going to the golf tournament, hey, maybe I'll see you there. Um, we'll be at the 16th hole. I'm so excited. I can't wait. But um, until next time, as always, be healthy, be happy, be you.